God is ascended in jubilee with the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is truly called a glorious day, as is said in the Roman canon concerning the mystery that we celebrate today. Because it is the feast day of when our Lord, after having won his victory over death and sin by his passion and death on the cross, and his glorious resurrection from the dead on Easter Sunday, now goes and enters triumphantly into heaven, going there not just alone, but with all the just, all the redeemed that are, have been awaiting to enter heaven all those years from the creation of the world until that moment when our Lord finally would ascend there and bring with him all those just. It is truly glorious and admirable this, this feast of the ascension. But we think that now Jesus Christ, who is both God and man, that is, that he has the fullness of the divinity, and yet he has a full and perfect humanity, that he now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That is, that there is one of our kind, that is, human, now in heaven and sitting at the right hand of the Godhead. And so, of course, Christ being the head of the church and we his members, we know that where the head is, so the, follow, the members will follow. And so we look forward to that glorious day when we also will be in heaven. Our souls, hopefully at the end of this life, and then also our souls reunited to our bodies at the end of time with the general resurrection of the dead. But yet it is also somewhat a sad feast day in the sense that from this day forward until the end of time, Christ in his sacred humanity is no longer here on the earth walking amongst us. We still have his divine presence with us in the most holy and blessed sacrament, but yet it is hidden from our view that sacred humanity. And so we must wait until he comes gloriously on the last day to judge the living and the dead and to destroy the world by fire that we have to wait until then, until his return. And it brings to mind a certain aspect about the sacred liturgy and that we are facing that direction in which he went up to heaven. The angels, when they appeared to the apostles as they were gazing up towards heaven, when our Lord assumed, was assumed into the cloud, asked them why ye men of Galilee are looking into the sky. Don't you know that this Jesus will return the same way that he has left? And since our Lord ascended to the east, we, we generally and you know, look towards the east for his second coming. And so that is why in the liturgy that we face, we face east, that we turn towards the cross, which is the symbol of the Son of Man, which will appear in the sky at the end of days, that we look towards that, towards the east, to await the coming of the Lord. And so, if you will, each time that we're at Mass, not only are we recalling that passion and death, that passion and death of him on the cross, which is now made present sacramentally and really upon the altar, which is, of course, an event that links us towards the past. Not only are we receiving grace at that time by being present at the holy sacrifice, and also hopefully if we're in the state of grace, united to our Lord in Holy Communion, which is the present, but also towards the future, that we're looking and awaiting the return of the Lord when he shall come in glory and also that we are looking not towards this world, but up towards heaven. And it's for that reason that during the sacred liturgy, we face east, we all face the cross. So it's not a question of anyone having their back to anyone, but that we are there as assembled to wait the coming of the Lord. 
And so let us ever think about that when we are present at Mass or when we are assisting on it uh, online, that eschatological aspect of the liturgy in the position and the facing of East. And of course, to think about that, that we're awaiting the coming of the Lord in glory, and so to have that be a means for us to better participate at the sacrifice of the Mass, that we're not there just for things here and now, but also towards things that are yet to come, with our own leaving this world to go to the next, and then eventually with the destruction of the present world, for the creation of the new heavens and the new earth, as was prophesied in the book of the Apocalypse. But if we want to reign gloriously with Christ in heaven, if we truly want this feast and its joy to penetrate our hearts, within all the more that we must conform to the divine will, that is, that we strive to live according to the Ten Commandments. Our Lord in the Gospel says that if the seed falls into the ground and doesn't die, it produces no fruit meaning that unless we die to ourselves each day, we're not going to have produced in our souls that fruit of grace, which brings to us everlasting life. And it is precisely in that dying to ourselves each day that we allow and give more room and amper for the Holy Ghost and for grace to work in our souls to transform us and to make us holy. But we have to not think of this denying ourselves as purely just doing the opposite of what we have a whim to do or the contrary to what we desire and want to do, but that we conform to an objective reality, which is the law of God, as we see in the Ten Commandments, and that we align our actions to fulfill that law. But also that law asks us, even so forth in the Ninth and the Tenth Commandment, not to covet, meaning that even in our interior, within our hearts, we must conform to that divine will. In other words, we must make our will resemble more and more the divine will. Nowadays, many people have the opposite approach. They want the divine will to imitate and to correspond more with their individual human will. Of course, that doesn't work out well. It's not reality because in the end, God is still God and we are but men, humans. And so we must ever strive in humility to conform ourselves to that divine law. And of course, by doing that, it requires a mortification of the will, a certain dying to self. And of course, if we're faithful to that, then the graces that our Lord won for us upon the cross and that he communicates to us through prayer and the sacraments will have greater room to flourish and of course, lead us toward eternal life. So that as we celebrate this feast of our Lord's triumphant ascension into heaven, that he now reigns in the heavenly court, that we also, if we're faithful to that, will reach heaven. And so let us have our minds and hearts drawn towards heaven and to seek in our daily living, already to prepare ourselves for that, to be ready that when it's time for us to leave this world to go to the next, that we will be in a state that is the state of grace, the state of spiritual perfection, the state of detachment from things of this world. So we might readily arrive in heaven there to enjoy the beatific vision in all eternity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.